Today is Friday, February 2nd. We're talking about the first major test for President Biden's re-election campaign, what to expect from tomorrow's Democratic primary in South Carolina. Also, how Europe's agreement to help Ukraine is now shifting focus to the U.S. and why some Israelis are now being cut off from the American financial system. Plus, the shape of your dog's nose could impact their lifespan, among other things. We've heard of Alexa, but now Amazon is introducing Rufus. And Punxsutawney Phil is ready for Groundhog Day. Those stories and even more news to know next. Welcome, welcome to The Newsworthy. All the day's news in around 10 minutes. Fast, fair, fun, and on the go. I'm Erica Mandy. Thanks so much for being here. You ready? Let's do this. For the first time, the Democratic presidential nomination officially kicks off tomorrow in South Carolina. It's the first state to hold a primary with President Biden actually on the ballot, since you'll remember the DNC set South Carolina as the first contest this year. That means Biden did not submit his name for the New Hampshire primary, and there were no delegates at stake. Biden won anyway, and he's expected to do so again in South Carolina. He will have two challengers, though, Congressman Dean Phillips, who received about 20 percent of the vote in New Hampshire, and self-help author Marianne Williamson, who received about 4 percent. For Republicans, South Carolina's primary is actually not until February 24th. And at this point, it seems former President Trump holds a significant lead over the state's former governor, Nikki Haley. A Washington Post-Monmouth University poll found Trump at 58 percent support and Haley at 32 percent giving Trump an even bigger lead than he had in New Hampshire. Though there is still a few weeks left to campaign. And earlier GOP contest in Nevada and the Virgin Islands. As for South Carolina, it has an open primary system, so that means any registered voter can participate in any party's primary. But they can only vote once, so people who vote tomorrow cannot also vote for a Republican on February 24th. Results from tomorrow's race are expected to come in soon after polling closes, so we'll likely have results for you right here on Monday morning. President Biden took a rare step of punishing Israelis this week. He approved sanctions for a handful of Israeli settlers in the West Bank who are accused of violent attacks on Palestinian civilians. And that means they're being cut off from the American financial system. This comes just about a month after the U.S. also banned the visas of dozens of settlers who face the same accusations in the occupied region. And this latest executive order sets the groundwork for how the U.S. will respond to future attacks in the West Bank, too. Violence in the West Bank has spiked ever since Hamas launched its attack on Israel four months ago. Since then, the United Nations says hundreds of Palestinians have been killed in the West Bank. Now the Biden administration says it expects Israel to do more to hold its people accountable for the violence against civilians. Though Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's office put out a statement saying Israel already takes action against lawbreakers and that there's no need for the U.S. to take any additional steps. This is just the latest sign of a growing rift between the two allies. The U.S. and Israel have also been publicly disagreeing about the future of Gaza after the war, among other things. And the last time U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken was in Israel, the meetings were said to be pretty tense. But the support is still there. And Blinken is returning to Israel this weekend for the sixth time since the war began. Nearly two years into Russia's invasion, and the European Union just approved another major aid package for Ukraine worth about $54 billion. It had unanimous approval by the EU's 27 members, even Hungary, which opposed a similar deal last year. It's believed some concessions were made, but those details weren't released. The money will help Ukraine keep its economy running, give payments to the people displaced by war, and sustain essential services like healthcare, education, and pensions. 
Ukraine's president, Volodymyr Zelensky, thanked the EU and said the support was a clear signal both to Russia and the U.S. where another aid package has been held up in Congress. The U.S. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said yesterday lawmakers plan to release legislation soon to address security assistance for Ukraine and changes to the U.S. immigration policy. So a vote is expected next week. The U.S. Defense Secretary apologized this week for the way he handled his cancer diagnosis and treatment. Secretary Lloyd Austin said he should have told President Biden, his team, and the American public. He explained that he was shocked to find out he had prostate cancer and that his first instinct was to keep the matter private since he didn't want to burden anyone else with his problems. But Austin then said he has since learned that having his job means losing some privacy. He also said he wanted to make it clear there were never any gaps in authority. Still, the Pentagon has already instituted new procedures to make sure in the future everyone is properly notified. As for Austin, he says he's still recovering, going through physical therapy, and using a golf cart to move around the Pentagon. And the House Armed Services Committee has asked him to testify all about what happened later this month. Still ahead, which dog breeds live the longest? All about Amazon's new AI chatbot to help you shop. What to know about the Grammys this weekend and more. But first, support for this episode comes from OneSkin. Using OneSkin as a way to focus on skin health and self-care is actually one of the things that has really stuck for me so far in 2024. I have a new routine using OneSkin's topical eye and face products, and I'm able to stay consistent with it because they are so good. Perhaps it's because I know OneSkin treats the root causes of aging rather than just the surface symptoms. In fact, in a third-party 12-week clinical study, OS1 Face was clinically proven to strengthen the skin barrier, improve skin health markers, and diminish visible signs of aging. Wrinkles were diminished in 87% of users. And I agree with OneSkin, which believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but also to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. So get started today with 15% off using the code NEWSWORTHY at oneskin.co. That's 15% off at oneskin.co with the code NEWSWORTHY. After your purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. So please support our show and let them know we sent you. New year, healthier skin, that's one skin. Now back to the news. It turns out a dog's size, face shape, and sex can all determine how long they live. At least that's according to new research that came out this week. It was a pretty huge study of nearly 600,000 mostly purebred dogs from more than 150 breeds in the UK. What it found was the dogs that live the longest are smaller dogs with long noses. Think miniature dachshunds, whippets, and Shiba Inus. They tend to have a median life expectancy of more than 13 years. But breeds with flat faces like bulldogs and shih tzus tend to have shorter lifespans, closer to nine years. On top of all that, researchers also learned that female dogs live slightly longer than male ones. So why is that? Well, experts explain that some breeds are genetically predisposed to certain health problems, and there are breed-related differences in behavior, lifestyle, diet, environment, and more that can also play a role. The author of this new study says now that she and the other researchers have identified which dogs are most at risk of early death, they can start looking into solutions and improve dogs' lives, too. An ad agency that helped develop marketing campaigns for OxyContin and other prescription painkillers just struck a deal with U.S. states. This is the first advertising company to reach a major settlement over the American opioid epidemic. Publicis Health agreed to pay $350 million. The money will be divided among every state and will mostly be used to fund opioid treatment and prevention efforts. 
The settlement also prohibits publicists from accepting any future contracts related to the marketing or sale of opioids. And it will have to publicly release hundreds of thousands of internal documents that detail its work in opioid promotion. Still, the company said in a statement that the settlement is not an admission of wrongdoing. This is just the latest deal since drug makers, wholesalers, pharmacies, at least one consulting company, and a health data firm have also agreed to settlements over opioids with federal, state, and local governments. All in all, those settlements have totaled more than $50 billion, and there could still be many more to come. Amazon shoppers can now get a little high-tech help with their orders. The company just added a new AI-powered shopping assistant named Rufus to its app. It can answer customer questions and recommend products. Amazon says Rufus is trained on the company's product catalog, customer reviews, community questions, and information across the web. So it can compare product categories and give recommendations. Amazon gave some examples, like if you're looking for running shoes, you might ask, what's the difference between a trail and road running shoe? Or you could ask, what's a good dinosaur toy for a five-year-old? Or you could ask it what to buy for a specific occasion. For now, Rufus is just available to a small group of customers, but it will continue to roll out to everyone else in the U.S. within the coming weeks. This comes just weeks after Walmart also unveiled its own AI chatbot. The 66th Annual Grammy Awards are coming up this weekend, bringing some of the biggest names in music together. This year, it will include performances from Billie Eilish, Dua Lipa, Billy Joel, Joni Mitchell, Travis Scott, U2, and more. And this year, women dominate the list of nominees. For example, Taylor Swift, Miley Cyrus, Olivia Rodrigo, and SZA all earned nominations for Record, Song, and Album of the Year. The Grammy Awards are happening this Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Comedian Trevor Noah is hosting for the fourth year in a row. You can watch them on CBS or Paramount+. And we'll bring you a recap on Monday. Today is Groundhog Day. And as always, that means Americans will look to Punxsutawney Phil to see if we're going to get an early spring or six more weeks of winter. This is a tradition that goes back 138 years, and it all depends on whether the nation's most famous groundhog sees his shadow. But maybe don't make any serious plans based on what he says. Since 1887, Punxsutawney Phil has only been right about 40% of the time. If you want a more reliable prediction, the National Weather Service says the northern U.S. will probably see above-average temperatures. It expects much of Texas to see below-average temps. And for the rest of the country, it looks pretty normal. Even then, though, meteorologists say the most accurate weather predictions cannot be made for a whole season. That's it for the main news today, so now it's time for Feel Good Friday, when we bring you one extra feel-good or positive news story before the weekend. But first, a quick break. Taking care of your health is not always easy, but it should at least be simple. That's why for the last year, I've been drinking AG1 daily. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel energized. And that's because each serving of AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more. It's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. I often feel like I'm juggling a lot between work and family, so it's good to know that I have AG1 to give me that extra boost of energy and cover my nutritional basis with high-quality ingredients. Plus, I can keep up the habit without a lot of hassle. I need something quick and convenient, but also beneficial, and AG1 is just that. If there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1, and that's why I partnered with them for so long. So if you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com newsworthy. That's drinkag1.com newsworthy. Check it out. Okay, now back to Feel Good Friday. 
And today we are talking about Bread Mondays. It's a tradition in New Brunswick, Canada. Each Monday, anyone can sign up to learn how to make homemade bread. Volunteers chat around a flower-coated table with learning and baking. And at the end of the day, they each take home one loaf for themselves and send the rest to a local food bank. This all started during the early days of the pandemic. The leader of a Canadian charitable organization recorded a video teaching people how to bake and posted it to Facebook. Then, about a year ago, he decided to start doing cooking classes in person while helping hungry people at the same time. Volunteers say they get a sense of community and that it's relaxing to feel their hands in the dough. And then the idea that it also helps others really makes them want to keep coming back. As one man put it, quote, the more bread I bake, the better I feel. Of course, not everyone loves to bake, so a lot of people who have heard about the project help out in other ways, like donating flour and yeast. This year, the goal is to give away 10,000 loaves, and ideally, they say they'd like to see Bread Mondays take off in other communities, too. All right, we'll be back tomorrow with our special edition Saturday episode. We're talking about a historic Supreme Court case that gets underway next week, the one that will decide whether former President Trump is eligible to run for president again. And of course, we'll be back on Monday with your next news roundup. For now, thank you so much for listening and have a great weekend.